Pam Powell, hey. there you are. I'm here. I've missed you. I know, I've missed you too. I've been out of commission for way too long, much longer than I thought I'd be out of commission. So how are you doing, Hobbly? You okay? I'm okay. I'm okay. Every day is a different day and yeah, there's that. So makes you appreciate your old knees, right? The ones when they worked? Yeah, the ones when they worked. And and I, I have to say this one, uh, for those of you who don't know, I underwent a uh, total knee replacement three weeks ago and uh, it was time. I went skiing on it three days before my surgery. And it yeah, was, that was smart. time for me to do this. That was smart. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, this, this recovery and the rehab has been much, much more painful and difficult than I ever anticipated. I thought, yeah, in a week's time, I'll be up and running again. All good. Nope, we're at three weeks and I have my foot elevated and I'll be icing in a little bit. And then I go to physical therapy and then I do my exercises. That, that's my day. And then you're done. And then I'm done. However, I am squeezing in movies and we have kind of an interesting theme going on here over the last week or so. Chuck, why don't you take that away? Yeah. You're the one that drew my attention to that. Yeah, it's really strange, but I mean, it's like uh, it's like we've stepped into a time warp uh, to things that are very familiar to you. I mean, there have been four big movies over the past couple of weeks, all with uh, roots in the 1980s. Uh, we're going to talk about them today. We're going to talk about uh, Tetris, which is on Apple TV, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Super Mario Brothers and Air, which are all in theaters. So, yeah, the 80s are definitely having a moment right now, and I'm not sure why. I don't know either. It is it is kind of interesting though, and I would not have have uh, noticed that had you not have said that to me. And it's kind of interesting, you know, when we watch these movies like Air and Tetris. I didn't see the other two, unfortunately, um, but Air and Tetris, those two movies definitely brought me back to my college days. I was a sophomore in college in mm -hmm. 1984, and the music, the wardrobe, the hair. Just the the little nuances that both movies got right. Yeah. That was it was actually kind of fun for me to go back. Oh yeah, because let me tell you, college was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Hey, why don't we start? I tell you what, then why don't we start with Tetris? Okay. Because I think that's the one that people don't know too much about, and it's really good. It, it really is, and it's it's on Apple TV. I tell you, Apple TV has really been upping their game. Um, and, and it's just showing with quality movies and TV series, but quality movies like this called Tetris with Taryn Edgerton. Taryn Edgerton is really a chameleon. He, he is so good. And, and people is. don't know his name and I wish they did. Uh, yeah. Cause you know, my wife was watching this with me and she said, who is that guy? And I said, we saw him in Blackbird. Remember? She says, oh yeah. Yeah. He's, he can morph into any character and become that character, which to me makes him a really great actor. I think this is a guy that's going to be around for a long time, and he is going to be on the tip of everyone's tongue later on. He's really smart, too, because he's producing these things now. Did you ever see that film he made, Eddie the Eagle? Yes, I with, love that uh, movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there he, he's just a big dork, and he's but he's fun. You sympathize with him. Then he's Elton John. Yeah. In Iraq. And then, you know, Blackbird, he's this serial, you know, not a serial killer, but a hardened criminal. And now this guy, he's incredibly versatile. Yeah, he truly is. And, and like I said, I feel like he is a chameleon because he can just mm -hmm. morph into any environment and become that character. And and he does this with uh, with Tetris. Uh, Taryn Edgerton plays Hank, not Hank, but Hank Rogers. And this is all about 
the origin story of the game of Tetris in 1984, the video game that, Chuck, did you play that back in the day? No. <laughs> I didn't either. I played Pong and that was, that was about it. Pong, which then uh, morphed into Breakout, which oh. I really liked. Okay. You know, I, I've been, I was talking, you know, and I'll mention this again when we, when we get to Super Mario Brothers. I never played that game either. But I don't know about you. I was in college. I was right. busy. Right. I was working two jobs. I was going to school. I mean, I didn't have, I, it just never occurred to me. I didn't have time to play these games. But I know Tetris was just this incredible sensation. Right, right. And and I, I had heard of it. I really didn't know anything about it. And for those of you who are listening, thinking, oh, my God, how boring, an origin story of Tetris. It is riveting. It is thrilling. It is captivating. It's it's all about almost you feel like you're in the, the Cold War era because of the dealings with Russia, because that's where this game started is on some antiquated computer of this guy, not in his basement, but in his house, who who created this game just for shits and giggles. And uh then we bring big corporations into discovering this game and they want to find the next big game to put on. Do you remember this game boy? Did your kids have mm -hmm. game boy? Mm -hmm. um, so this, that was the, the next big thing is what they were looking for. And Hank was one of those entrepreneurs who wanted to find that next big game to give to um, what was Nintendo. It? Nintendo. Nintendo. Um, the biggies back in the day, there were, there weren't that many and they were, most of them were pretty darn cutthroat, as I think big corporations tend to be. We get to see that as well. But we meet Hank. And I think what makes this story so interesting is it's a story of ethics and values and Hank's integrity as he tries to make things right and and stick up for himself in the meantime. And, and there are a lot of his his family is threatened. Um, his his viability uh, as far as making a living is is threatened and then he creates this relationship with um alexi and i'm not gonna even try the last name this <laughs> Russian guy that that created the the game who's getting screwed but then the government doesn't care if he's getting screwed because it's the russian government mm -hmm. and so hank and alexi create this bond and it's about their friendship and their loyalty and I, I just loved it. This had so much heart and soul to it that I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. I didn't even notice until I was writing my review that it is two hours long. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> had no idea. Didn't care. Every single bit of information in this movie is important and is mm -hmm. relevant. It drives the, the whole thing forward. And as I have glowed about Taron Edgerson and other performances again in this this film he is exactly what I expected he is a standout great writing succinct writing great directing by John Baird wonderful film don't miss it it's streaming now on Apple I learned so much watching this movie I mean things I had no idea about uh and you're right it's absolutely absolutely fascinating uh, you know, and I think the key is Edgerton because Hank is so naive. You know, he thinks that just because he's honest and being forthright about <laughs> things that this is going to get him somewhere with the Russian right. government and and his realization that they don't care. I mean, they it, more than don't care. Oh, they just could care less about this guy. Well, and the fact uh, that he didn't die is oh, crazy. Yeah, rotting in a prison somewhere. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's the difference between who was in charge then and who's in charge now. I don't know. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, this guy stumbles in and I talk about falling down a rabbit hole. I mean, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, and from what I read afterwards, you know, this is based on fact and most of it is, is accurate. Really? Uh, with the movies. So, so, okay. so that's good too. But yeah, you know, facts stranger than fiction. I mean, and, and this is definitely the key there. Yeah, it's it's a great film. Don't don't miss that on Apple TV. Yeah, yeah. Can we can we just segue now into Super Mario? Absolutely. Since we're talking about Game Boy and all that kind sure. of stuff, go for it. Exactly, because Super Mario is a Nintendo game as well. That's I right. did not know that. Oh. Yes, I think I, in fact, I think in one of these bins in the closet behind me, Jonathan still has his stuff in there. They just bought a house, so soon that is going to be going to his house. Uh -huh. I did come across all of his Game Boy games and his actual Game Boy, so we still have that. I knew, the the, the amount that I knew about Super Mario, you, know, you could put on the, the head of a nail, okay? I mean, I, did, I, I know nothing about it, because like I say, I was doing other things when this was out. Right. But... And it's a similar thing with Dungeons and Dragons. I know nothing about that either, other than nerds played it, you know, right, or right. so I thought. And you're, you know. you're so not nerdy. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah, no, my nerdiness is in, is in other areas, as you well know. Uh, so so I went in completely like a blank slate to the Super Mario thing. I got to tell you, I really had a lot of fun with it. I was surprised. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that I missed a lot of illusions. I'm sure I missed a lot of connections because there were people laughing around me at things that I didn't quite get oh wait uh, stop you know how I feel at a superhero movie now <laughs> exactly right exactly right and you know I was thinking about superhero movies while I was watching this because I was thinking superhero movies could take a lesson or two from this movie this what movie way? runs 92 minutes okay 92 minutes it is not bloated in any way shape or form there are no needless action scenes that go on forever and ever and ever. This is an incredibly lean film. Wow. And that had me engaged throughout. And I was like, mm-hmm, this is what superhero movies need to be. No more than an hour, 45 minutes, no more than maybe an hour and 50 minutes. Boom, boom, boom. And that really kept me engaged, even though I, you know, had just this cursory knowledge about this whole thing. So um, the big question and, is, and, would I like it? I think you would because it pokes fun at itself. Okay. It, it really is much smarter than I thought it would be too. You know, even though I didn't know anything about it, I still knew what was going on. Uh, there, there's this one character, this, this star. It's a really, really bright star. And these stars are, when you get them, you get extra powers. Oh, okay. 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 And there's this really bright star and this bright star is in a dungeon. And Luigi, the, the Mario brother, gets caught and he's put in the dungeon. And this bright star says the most dire, depressing things in the most cheery voice. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Luigi gets thrown in the dungeon and, and she says, ah, more flesh for the grinder. <laughs> hey, I'm going to see it now. Out. Yeah, I was just cracking up every time the star popped up. Like, okay, what now? What awful thing is she going to say in this, in this great voice? So there's things like that throughout. Tone is uh, everything. <laughs> tone is everything. And, and, and not just with the star, but but with this, like I say, the whole Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong, this big ape that throws these barrels. 
Yes. He is having a blast. He is having a blast. I mean, you can tell. And I wanted, I, I don't know if they'll do this, but Donkey Kong needs his own movie as well. Um, so, I, I mean, I had more fun with it than I thought. Uh, I would love to talk to your son or someone who actually knows right. all this and then who sees the movie and tell me, you know, all the stuff I missed. Uh, I'm sure another one's coming. I won't be dreading it if the same people are involved. So right. it, it it wasn't the slog that I thought. And like I say, 90 minutes in and out, you and I have both are, are, are charter members of the 90 minute movie club. And uh, <laughs> yes, we are. yeah. And, and this one really, really, I had a good time. Good, 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 good. All right. Well, maybe I can try and kidnap my my son one of these weekends and and take him to go see it or watch it. And um, that's in theaters only now, correct? Rest, yes. And they're going to make a ton of money. Good. Very good. I'm glad to hear that. So another one in theaters is Air. And it's interesting because this is from Amazon. And I read a couple articles recently how they're kind of going a different route than Netflix Many of their movies, they're going to put in theaters before going on their platform and more than just for just a week. Uh, so they're, they're kind of taking a different approach. And this one, of course, needs to be in the theater. Right, right. Well, I mean, look at the star power in this and that in and of itself, I think, kind of warrants going to the theater and having a box office, you know? Um, for those of you who don't know about air, again, we are going back to that pivotal year, 1984. Who knew who what was going on? I was who busy and going to frat parties, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. I'm just kidding. I never yeah. did that. Um, this, this, um, air follows the, the history or the story of Matt Damon's character, Sonny Vaccaro. And he works for the Nike Corporation. And back in 1984, Nike was just, I remember buying Nike shoes at the grocery store. They were like really crap shoes. And, you know, we didn't, I lived in a podunk town, Mayville, New York, and we didn't have a lot of places to go and buy things. And so I bought my basketball sneakers that were actually running shoes at the grocery store. So Nike didn't have the best of names. Nike didn't wasn't cornering the market then. They didn't have what Converse had. They didn't have what Adidas had. And they're trying to figure out this, this character of uh, Sonny uh, is trying to figure out how can he change the game? How can he put basketball on the map? Which is kind of funny to think that basketball just wasn't a big thing to watch back in the day. Well, for, for Nike, it wasn't. Right. Um, yeah. Nobody was wearing Nike on the on the floor because Nike shoes basically sucked. So they're pitching at this, this the marketing meeting in the very beginning is hilarious, and of course it's hilarious because we have Jason Bateman as the marketing VP. <laughs> um, <laughs> he brings his own unique style and sense of humor to any character he plays. And if you like if you like Jason Bateman, you're gonna love him in this role. And the two of them are trying to they're butting heads as to how they're going to find their next star or group of stars and they only have a finite amount of money and and Sonny thinks that they need to take a chance they need to change things up and they want Michael Jordan who has just signed on to the Bulls he hasn't proven himself to be the star that he will become and so he's kind of an unknown entity at this point I mean people know he's gonna be good but they don't know how good and there's something about Sonny and, and he just has this gut feeling that Michael Jordan's gonna be the next best thing since sliced bread. 
And he goes out on a limb, risking absolutely everything. He pulls people in on his team in order to make this happen, to pitch to Michael Jordan. And actually, it ends up pitching more to Michael Jordan's mom, mm -hmm. um, played by Viola Davis. Davis. And you know it's going to be good if it's Viola Davis. She plays Dolores Johnson. You, you know, Michael Jordan, that was his only caveat for the film, that she play his mom. Oh, really? See, yeah. now, okay, so we, we only got, like, side views of, of who the character of Michael Jordan was supposed to be. And we need I, to talk about that. Okay, then let, let's, let me go ahead and finish, you know, my yeah. review of this, and then I'd really like to hear that, because I don't know the background on that. I've been high on drugs for a while. Okay. So, um, <laughs> uh, this, this is a, it's a, it's a good story, and it's told well, but I felt like I was reading an article out of, I don't know, Sports Illustrated or something. Mm -hmm. It was it was a little bit on the dry side. It followed a very uh, straight narrative line. Um, we I didn't get enough background information on anybody. And I think Sonny had a lot more of a background. We get a glimpse into that. He's got a gambling problem. Mm -hmm. He's, he's, I don't think he's married. I don't think he has any kids. I'm not sure. There's yeah, no what, what is that? Yeah. Um, I just didn't get enough about him and from him. And of course, Viola Davis stands out as Dolores Johnson, but we don't really get to know her until midway through the film. I would have liked to maybe seen the story told from her perspective. Um, that would have maybe been a little bit more interesting and heartfelt to me, knowing a little bit more about Dolores and the woman that she became because of her son who enabled, they both helped each other become the best that they could possibly be, which I think is, you know, just saying that sentence is a, is a heartwarming story. Um, Peter Moore, played by Matthew Marr, he plays, he, he also is a standout in this film. He plays the guy who develops, creates the actual sneaker, Air Jordan, um, thus the name Air of the, of the, the movie. Um, he's great. He's got personality. He's got emotion. Um, the rest just didn't didn't really gel for me. It was good. Chris Messina plays an agent, which I think he does with style and, and taste. <laughs> I love Chris Messina. I love all these people in this movie. I think it, it boils down to the writing just didn't give me the background and the guts that I needed. But it's good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I also want to mention Chris Tucker. Um, this is an incredibly, <laughs> this is the, probably his most mature role. Chris Tucker doesn't make a lot of movies. And I think that's his secret weapon. Because then once I see him again, I'm reminded just how good he is. He is so much more than just Rush Hour. I mean, and here he plays Howard White, uh, who's kind of like a liaison, really, uh, between players and clients and things like that. And he has some wonderful scenes as well. Um, I agree with everything you said, but I think I ended up liking the film more than, than you. You know, Affleck makes films, Ben Affleck stars as uh, Phil Knight, the head of Nike as well, and Affleck also directed this. Affleck reminds me of classic filmmakers from the 30s and 40s. He has no distinct visual style at all, right? but he has a way of getting out of his own way and letting the story just go. He tells a story well. I mean, if you look at Argo, he tells that story. That was well. great. That was great. Gone, uh, he made a great mystery. Gone Girl. That one. The town. The bank robbery thing. Great he gets one. out of his own way. 
and his his films for me have a narrative momentum that just sweeps me away and 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 I, like i said i think i like this one more than you did even though i agree with everything you said the whole story told from dolores jordan's point of view would be a great film as well right? I, yeah. I i'd love to see that. um and i love how this film is about economics not just on a corporate level but on a personal level as well uh as far as them kicking down the door she insisting that they get a part of every pair of shoes yeah. that is sold and that enables them to do other great things and kicking down that door enables other players after jordan to get that deal as well yeah. so it's just as much about personal economics as it is about corporate economics and i really like that as well yeah Catholic i want to i want to write dolores jordan's memoir because i think that that would be absolutely incredible seeing all of this unfold from her perspective, being a woman, being a black woman from the South. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this was the eighties things have, I think maybe changed a little bit, but I mean, that, I hope, that, but... that was, that was tough, especially, I mean, I lived in North Carolina during that time period, during my college years, um, North Carolina wasn't super friendly to black people, you know? No, yeah. Yeah. And, and she comes off and I, from everything I've read, she's an incredibly strong woman. And she she's comes smart. That way she is no, smart, man. She, smart brilliant really not going to be taken advantage of no um you know affleck misses one key thing here what and it was something i kept waiting for well as you say the actor who plays michael jordan we never really see him right we, we see him from behind we see him a little bit from the side i think there are parts where his face is kind of blurred out we never really see him mm -hmm. and i was waiting for the scene i thought okay i see what we're doing here they're going to have a scene in which he puts on the shoe and then we are finally going to see him. Yeah. Yeah. Because at that point he becomes the Michael Jordan we know. And that shot wasn't there. I, I was I, like, you've got to be kidding. Well, and they set it up too. It's just a pair of shoes until Michael Jordan puts steps them into them. On. Exactly. I, I, like, I thought the same thing. I'm like, where's this shot? That's yeah, your I, last shot of the film. I, I thought the exact same thing, Chuck. Oh, oh, you know, and, and, and I just couldn't believe they missed it. I mean, it just seems like, you know, if you and I got it, it's pretty obvious that that's where we should have had it. Well, again, you know, hey, Ben, you want to throw a script past us and we'll tell you where you're <laughs> lacking? We are, we're available. And from your standard, we work cheap. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I like this film. You Like you say, you know how the story is going to turn out. But there's just enough behind the scenes stuff that I didn't know that kept me going to I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that. The right. whole sequence like when you were talking about where they're designing the shoe and they're talking about everything that went into that, I thought was absolutely fascinating. And how did they create that shoe in a weekend? Right. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. That's there's got to be a documentary out there on this. Uh, if would... not, there needs to be. Right. Because you're right. I mean, he, he, they go in on like a Friday and they say we need a Sunday or Monday or something. Monday. Yeah. 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 So they're there the weekend and they create this this original one shoe, not two shoes, but one shoe. Yeah. One, the one shoe. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was yeah. thinking, oh, my God, he's going to he's going to see the shoes. He's going to want to try them on. They can only <laughs> one shoe to try on. You know? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. I have a feeling it's a film I'll go back and watch again. And, and you know, I'm sure I'll still be sucked into it. But, uh, you know, they're calling it the best movie of the year so far. We're only three months in. Yeah. But I think at this point, it's, a, it's you know, it's up there. Uh, we got a long way to go. 
Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it was good to see at this point in the year, something that smart and, and that engaging that didn't see, that's, have that's what I thought. dragons as well. That's what I thought about Tetris. I thought, wow, this is a yeah. smart film that I should be seeing this in October, not in, in yeah. April, you know? Yeah. Hopefully they'll get behind that later in the year for awards. I hope so. It's, it's, it's deserving of that. That's for sure. Now you saw yet another movie that I didn't, and I actually really want to see that. And that's Dungeons you and should Dragons. See, you know, you asked me if you'd like Super Mario. I think you will. I know you'll like Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. This tell thing, me about it. This, this thing reminded me of the very first Star Wars film and how much fun that was. Okay. Uh, you know, just this, this stupid adventure that they go on. And just the rapport between the characters, that's the key. And also the key is that they are making fun of this thing all the way throughout with a straight face. Chris Pine, of course, is the lead guy. He's this guy who comes up with these schemes. Michelle Rodriguez is his best friend who's a warrior, but she has a broken heart, by the way. Okay. She has a broken heart and she's talking about it all the time. She needs closure. And halfway through, she goes to the home of the guy who broke her heart. He is a major, major star. It's a huge cameo. Oh, really? Something I did not anticipate whatsoever. And it is hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Not only because it's a big star, but there's also a visual thing to it as well. Okay. So yeah, she's she, she's like Conan the Barbarian, but she's got a broken heart. Okay. No, which, you know which is I, funny. I love seeing and 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 you know, whoever's listening right now, you can't see what I'm seeing, but Chuck has this huge grin and oh. he's like half laughing while he's telling us all about, it's so fun to see you having fun telling us about a movie. I, I smiled throughout this entire movie. I, I have a smile on my face the whole time. And again, I knew as much about Dungeons and Dragons as I do about Super Mario. I, I, I know nothing. And, and that's just all because of the approach the, uh, uh, of this film. You've got a sorcerer who can't do tricks because he has no confidence. You know, he, he keeps screwing the things up. Going up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Justice Smith plays him. Uh, we, we last saw him in that uh, Julianne Moore film. He can't do anything right because he has no confidence in himself. Aww. You have a shapeshifter. You have a shapeshifter who has no home. Uh, I, I mean, it's just so much fun. And it's the usual, you know, quest thing. They've got to find two different magical uh, things in order to rescue uh, Chris Pine's daughter who's being held by Hugh Grant. And Hugh Grant, of course, plays Hugh Grant. And Hugh Grant is just this buffoonish uh, emperor. He, 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 he rules this walled city. And at the during the third act, they have this big celebration. And there's this air balloon. This And it has his face on the side of it. And it, it just perfectly underscores his ego and how he's full of hot air. Throughout, oh, it's like, oh, this is just <laughs> perfect, uh, and it's fun. It's exciting. They have a cool thing at the end where they they're they're in the game, uh, they're in a coliseum like in Gladiator, and then this maze pops up through the floor. It's a labyrinth that they've got to get out of. Okay, but there are these uh, leopards chasing them that have Venus flytraps on them, and then there are treasure chests throughout. And you open the chest and it's either a good thing or a bad thing. You don't know what it is. Okay. And as they're going through the maze, it's shifting and changing as they're going through. It's really cool. It's really neat. I, I don't know if that's part of the game itself or, or anything. Again, I'm sure I missed many illusions. Right. But I think the genius behind this film is that 
you don't have to know anything. I okay. mean, it's accessible to anyone. And again, we're world building here. They want this to be a franchise. Uh, I really question the release strategy, releasing this so soon uh, to Super Mario Brothers. Uh, it did pretty well its first weekend, around 35 million. Okay. This thing is going to need to stay in theaters a while. And I hope the audience finds it because I'm sure the first weekend, all the people who played the game went. Right. Uh, but I hope people like you who would just have a cursory knowledge would give this a chance because it really is an awful lot of fun. And I want to be back with these characters. I want them to do another one. Okay, um, cool. They're setting that up. Okay. So, yeah, I, I, I can't remember the last time I had so much fun watching this movie. And, I, and really, I really do think you'd enjoy it. All right. Very good. Well, that's that's awesome. I'm excited to go see both Super Mario Brothers and Dungeons and Dragons D and D, as I've heard it been referred to. Yes, that's that that is. Oh, and then they're back to Super Mario DK. You should you should know that. I learned that Donkey Kong DK. Oh, okay, okay. Thank you, that. thank you, yeah. everyone. Thanks for the inside info. We are we are so old. We are so damn old. We are, we are. Um, so I think I think that's that's it for this week, right? right. Yes. Yes. Very good. Nineteen eighties. It, it it. Tell me a favorite favorite saying or favorite movie from the nineteen eighties that you had. Oh well, you know, Back to the Future. Uh, oh yeah. That was that was eighty five. That was the next year after all of this. I mean, you know. Who to thunk? I mean, all, all these things became such cultural touchstones. Yeah, and uh, I didn't realize, and, and looking, especially in air, looking back at that time, how how many iconic references there are that still live on today. Where's the beef? <laughs> you know, I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, there are just so so many different things. And Back to the Future is one of mine as well. That's one of the um, last, first and last movies I ever took my mother to. At, wow. okay. at Water Tower in Chicago. She and I went to go see that, which was fun. She had a lot of fun with that. So I remember I was, really, one. I was really depressed and going through a hard time. And I saw that and boy, it was exactly what I needed. Really? Exactly. Huh. Like, oh yeah, this is why I love movies. Yeah. 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 And again, you know, so many touchstones, so many references. And back to air real quick, you had mentioned the soundtrack. Yes. I know that uh, they have released that soundtrack and boy, that was so many earworms there and so many uh, take you right back to, to where you were when those song, songs were on the AM radio. What the hell is that? <laughs> right? Yeah. Good good stuff. In 1980s, yes, we are dating ourselves, but uh, you know, I, think, that... I think my kids would have a lot of fun watching these movies as well. Oh, I agree. And that's their appeal. That's their appeal. They're not stuck there. Very good. So, well, Next week, Next week, we got, uh, you've seen this one already, Mafia Mama. Yes. With Tony Collette. That'll be next week. And I can see from your expression that you liked it. Um, I'll be watching that again. And then one that I'm really looking forward to next week, uh, Renfield, uh, with Nicolas Cage as Dracula and Nicholas Holt as Renfield. It looks like a comic take on the classic uh, Dracula story. So we'll see how that goes. Okay. I am now looking up to see when that screening is. If I can go to that, no, you can't. But you can see it on Thursday when it opens. I and can. We can talk about it, you know, after that. I can, I can. We'll see if we can do that. So, hopefully, in the next week or so, I will be back to being able to sitting on my ass for an hour driving into the city, sitting on my ass for two hours for a movie, and continuing to sit on my ass for another hour driving home. Ass ass sitting is much more arduous than people know. 
you know what? I really can't. I have to stand for a little bit. Sitting down is really hard for me. Again, um, we're old. <laughs> no. We're old. Hey, Pam Powell, it was great to see you, even on a video screen. You take care of yourself. Thank you, Chuck. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for picking up the slack while I have been incapacitated. You bet. All right. Cheers. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week.